Is this Prophet? Yo, what's up, bro? Yo, it's, <laughs> it's Neven Max. What up? First of all, I gotta tell you, I'm a big fan. I use your music to get street cred. Like, I thought I was cool because I had your album. No, no. <laughs> This is the Extra Hot Great Podcast, episode 80, for the week of July 27th, 2015. I am omnipresent hotel room photograph David T. Cole, and I'm here with aspiring hip-hop artist Sarah D. Bunting. No signal in the studio, bay. Park Ranger Tara Ariano. Please relocate your tawdry meetings. And reverse Google image searcher Kim Reed. She stole those photos. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Extra Hot Great. We are thrilled to welcome back Kim Reed. Hi, Kim. Hi. Hi, Hi Kim. Hi. Uh, <laughs> for our discussion this week, it came back a few weeks ago. We finally got around to it. Catfish. Uh, Kim has covered the show for us in the past, although I am generally the one who does it <laughs> for better or worse. Um, and this week we got kind of a, a, a different episode in that somebody uh, was claiming to be a hip hop artist and he actually was. Of course, he was the seeker in the episode and not the target. But uh, let's talk about it. What did everybody think of Prophet and Trinity? Uncomfortable. <laughs> It was super, it was interesting because it was uh, the typical catfish of he thinks she looks one way and actually she looks a different way. Yes. Um, And they met in a park, which they always do. Uh, But it was different for me. And I know, Tara, we disagreed about this a little bit. A little. Because I was more sympathetic towards him for being disappointed than I usually would be. Right. Um, in her, you know, I didn't feel like his disappointment was entirely due to her appearance. It was partly due to her appearance for Mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. Well, Um, so the story is this guy, Prophet, who is formerly a member of the Nappy Roots and is now trying to go off on his own as a hip hop artist, I guess, has been advised by his management to get on the social media. That includes the Twitters, guys. Don't say the Twitters. (laughs) That's what he said. I know. But let's not let's not carry that for. Okay. Let's not encourage him. No. No. Let's let's that's true. Let's not make that no interwebs, no the Twitters. Nothing like that. That is what he said, however. Uh Um, So he's super naive, and he's met this girl, and everyone apparently around him is like, she's probably faking it because she's way too good looking. And then when you see the photos, it's quite obvious that she's way too good looking to be hitting on a guy of his caliber on the internet. And sure enough, it turns out she's Chris Brown's ex-girlfriend. And uh, then he meets the real woman, and it's this sad lady who lives in his town who says she just wanted to help him with his career. I The thing that hung me up, and I didn't notice it as I was watching it, but only when I did the post, was that they've only been talking at the point when he contacts the show for like three months. Which I feel like this season, there's been a lot more of these where it's just like people are pulling the trigger on it way faster than they used to. Because there used to be ones where it's like, we've been talking since we met on MySpace like America's running ago. out of catfishings. Well. Oh, no. Probably. We've learned our lesson. We're doing image searches. <laughs> we're going on Facebook and we're putting in names. No. Do you, do you think that is the case? Is America running out of catfish? Uh, no. I mean, I think we talked about this last time, but I mean, catfish now is in the... 
American Idol audition phase where mm. they just half the people that come in are just going to be there and going to sing intentionally awful. And I think that's sort of where they are right now. So the actual real catfishings mm-hmm. are becoming like real ones or becoming uh, are harder to come by. I think, and they're just. I think it's more of the intervention phase where oh. they had to take a break from the show for like eighteen months because everybody was wised up to it. Yeah, not the catfish has done that, but they should consider it because now that I do think it is a verb. Mm-hmm. Like whenever they ask, he introduces himself on the phone. He's like, "Maybe you've heard of a little show we do called Catfish," and they're like, "Nah, like the fuck you haven't." Of course <laughs> you've heard of it. I felt bad. I didn't feel that bad for him because, first of all, I think these photos are photos that have been stolen before. They did look kind of familiar. But that yeah. also, as I also said in my post, that's a particular kind of like physical profile that always gets stolen. It's, yeah, it's, it's so right. often a light skinned black woman with light eyes. And that's like considered very exotic and hard to come by, I guess, because that seems to be what everyone wants to pretend they look like. Two girls with green eyes. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> what are the odds? Yeah. But then I, she she was like really combative when they first met. Mm-hmm. Was like, you know, I've been listening to all your problems, so fuck you. And it's like, well, all right, like you're nervous and you know how this is going to go mm-hmm. once he sees you probably. Like either it will be your actual appearance or it will be the fact that you lied about it or some combination Regardless, you're not going to like how it ends, which is doing right now. So I had some compassion for her, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't really feel that sorry for him. And I think he went on the show to promote his album and I assume he did that and good luck to him. Yeah. And his GoFundMe campaign, which he's the sad part of the episode is that he was the victim of a, in a police brutality situation and put up a GoFundMe, I guess, to to help handle his legal expenses. And as of when I did my post last week, it was at $580. And it had been up since, like, December. Aww. So all the stuff where she was talking about how she had rewritten stuff for his page and was trying to help him, like, get more attention to it, like, I don't know how helpful you were, and I wouldn't necessarily <laughs> be advertising my life coach experience based on this. But yeah. GoFundMe is a tough sell, though. I mean, GoFundMe, like, it's, I mean, it's all charity cases, basically. Yeah. So it's, as soon as you see that Earl, it's, uh, you know, you're already kind of behind the eight ball. I mean, not that there's not, you know, worthy things there, but I'm just saying, for the general public, what's in it for them? Not much to go to GoFundMe in by itself. What they need to do is mix it in with other stuff. Mm. Like, you know, one is GoFundMe, court case. And then the other thing is, GoFundMe, I will enter a hot dog eating contest <laughs> and eat 20,000 hot dogs. And, you know, there's got to be a push and a pull. That's yeah. what I'm saying there. I mean, GoFundMe, you got to work on the marketing call me. <laughs> right. <laughs> this, this also was a case where, I mean, last year, I think Vulture had a post about how most episodes of the show are actually built, which is that the faker contacts the show about outing themselves versus how the opposite is which is usually how it's portrayed on the show but this was one where it seemed like either of them could have been the seeker what did you guys think of that yeah i always have that in mind when we're when watching the show is you know is this really just the faker wanting to fight for once and for all come clean yeah um and it kind of didn't seem that way this time both because she 
didn't seem very happy about it. Yeah. And he had so much he was trying to promote, not just find out who yeah. this lady is, but also promote his album. Yeah. Although then again, her role in his life seemingly was to help him promote his album and his GoFundMe. So maybe that was part of her motivation too. Yeah. I don't know. It could have gone either way, I think. Yeah. Which... Yeah. I agree with that. And I'm with Sarah that this is profit to promoting a single with the album soon to follow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, thanks MTV. You know, it's one of those cases like, wow, it's another, you know, somehow a musician got, you know, ensnared into the catfish universe. Shocker. And oh, he's got product to promote. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is, you know, this is just native advertising, you know, in a TV show. Yeah. And, uh, you know, all this other stuff is a little bit of window dressing. And I don't know how true any of this is really. Well, and this whole thing. That's always the be, question. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes, I know. But in this case, case when you're actually dealing with you know a musician promoting his thing and blah 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 it just seems like it's uh you know it was all set up it was set up rather i also felt that this one suffered from coming uh, a week after one of the crazier catfish we've ever seen last week with tracy which we could talk about her a little bit we could talk about please what would you like to say (laughs) start us off i had only seen the, I always forget Catfish is on, and then I see your tweets about it, and I go, oh, my God, i got to watch Catfish. And so <laughs> then I watch, and I always get – I try to, like, catch up, so I skip through some of the beginning so I can get caught up. Yeah. But anyway, I rewatched that episode last night in preparation for the podcast, mm-hmm. and oh, my God. <laughs> and I, you know, but I thought it was interesting. Uh, for those who don't know, it was a little bit of a different type of Catfish because yes. it was a woman who had – taken on a persona online and was using it to um she changed her username to somebody else's username this girl named felicia and was using it to basically bully all of felicia's real life friends Mm -hmm. pretending to be her um for like two years and having no connection to felicia at all yeah like they didn't live in the same town they didn't know each other at all like they had no history no and they were like 14 or something when this was all going on and then just dropped off the face of the earth and then uh, recently came back online and started kind of contacting this girl Felicia again. So Felicia's like, I need to find out who this is so we can get her to stop. Um, and when they went to confront the girl, they found out who she was through investigation techniques like Google. And then <laughs> when they went to confront her, she was like, first of all, delighted to be on television yep. and on catfish, like yes. just giggling. I guess she was 20. She said it was her she birthday. She said she had just turned 20. Yes. Yeah. And, but acted about 10 and was giggling and happy and just thought the whole thing was hilarious. And Neve and Max and Felicia were like, do you understand? Like you, you, this was serious and you were bullying people and it could have led, you know, people have killed themselves over cyberbullying. And she was just like, Oh, ha ha ha. No, that wouldn't happen. And it was messed up. But not just said that wouldn't happen. Said things like nothing bad ever happens to me. Like in those words, (laughs) like, and then her mom is sitting there like, um, yeah. Really? Something bad's Never. about to happen to you. Although that was too late. And then I think the show wanted us to think that she was acting out because her father had a stroke or something. But her mom just yeah. seemed like completely defeated by her, which given that I think this person is has, you know, an asocial personality disorder, like yeah. I would be harder on the mom, but there's no disciplining that. Just make it get a job, move out and change the box. Yeah, don't and maybe don't let her work at a daycare center because I'm not sure she should oh. be around children. Oh yeah, yikes. Yeah, that was it was a great but 
as this show goes, I mean, it was a horrible story, but it was a great episode. <laughs> like, it's hard to talk about the show in ways that don't make you also seem like a monster. When you were explaining it, and I thought the person that they were going to catch was going to be a mom. Oh. I thought they were, uh, she was bullying her, like, daughter's friend Rival or something or like something. that. Yeah, or, yeah, no. It's like one of like those Like on weird... that SVU episode with the, what's her name, from Goodfellas. Were they at the, like, pregnancy club? Oh, yeah. That was a combo of two two real stories. Yes. Yeah. Have we said on this, I can't remember if it was the last time we talked about catfish or whether it was off air, Mm -hmm. but that catfish, what has to happen is that Max needs to become way more famous than (laughs) Nev. Nev. He's on his way. I know, because he just directed that film, but I I really want that film to hit big and win lots of indie awards. I don't even know what the hell it's about, but whatever it is, I want it to really get big, so Max is like, I gotta leave the show and then yeah. you know that's going to bug the host so much because he thinks he's just god's gift to everything well we should talk a little bit about max because he's really turned it around for sarah d bunting you used to hate him oh my god i totally hated him and here's the thing i can't figure out whether max has improved mm-hmm. um or if you have whether- cat home syndrome <laughs> <laughs> I I might have cat home syndrome um, because when I first uh, I had a let's talk it out about which of the hosts is worst uh, with our esteemed colleague Stephanie Green, uh, which you can find on the site previously dot TV. Mm-hmm. Um, she did not sway me to her um, stance that Neve is worse, but she made some good points about <laughs> Max. But at the time, I had not watched that much. Catfish. I had not been live tweeting it with Tara at all. So maybe Max seems better because I have more experience with the show. Yeah. Um, slash, like, um, whatever reason to be. Maybe Neve is annoying me more. I mean, I know he definitely is, but um, <laughs> maybe Max seems not as bad by comparison. Uh, I don't. I don't know exactly what the reason is, but I feel like maybe because as Catfish, the show continues and sort of has been morphing into this thing that has to defend against its own, not success exactly, but like ubiquity or something, that there is more of a place for Max being withering and Mm self-important in the way that used to annoy me because it's like who the fuck are you but then it's like well who the fuck are any of these people so why shouldn't you say what we're kind of all thinking like when he's like are you on drugs yeah (laughs) thank you are you yeah why aren't you but i think what the difference to me is that neve seems to have taken on this idea of like we're helping people find love even though that happens like one percent of the time (laughs) that he has to he has to be the stand-in for that stance i guess and and max can be more direct and like can can puncture those sorts of moments with like you know like when he asked tracy do you take drugs um whereas neve has to be like well maybe like right uh, up until the moment if there's no way to deny it anymore he always acts like he thinks the person that they're investigating is really who they say they are. And so Max is more of the audience or standing now, I think. Yeah. Right. Which there's almost never any, like they feel embarrassed mm-hmm. or bad about doing it. That's seldom. And he's like, but you feel really bad for lying. Right. And they're like, sure. Well, I've noticed there's less of that this season too, that a lot of se- the, in season three, when they would have what they call couch time there, it would always end with like, but you're so smart. You could do better than this. Like, mm, <laughs> no. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, Kim, I interrupted you. What were you going to say? Oh no. I was just thinking that uh, what Dave was saying about they, they have to do something to change the format of the show or something because people are kind of catching on. Like sort of like when 
back in the day when Ashton Kutcher did punked and then he had to take a break for a while. So mm-hmm. people would stop thinking they were getting punked. Yeah. But that's, that's why the Felicia episode to me was so interesting because it was kind of a different take on catfishing, not a romantic take. Yeah. And maybe that's a way that the show could go, but only if Neve gets off the high horse about like, I just wish somebody would have been able to, you know, sit down and say, you are messed up and you need help yep. to the girl who was doing the cyberbullying. Tracy. Because, yeah, Tracy. Because I felt like Neve wanted to be like her counselor or something. Yeah. And I'm like, what qualifications do you have exactly <laughs> right. to lead this intervention? Because being on the show Catfish and being catfished yourself, not really cutting it for me. Like, she needs bigger help than you, Neve. Like, I wanted to see a thing at the end where they're like, and we paid for Tracy to see right. a counselor or something. Like because... on orders. <laughs> yeah, what, what was exactly. her aftercare situation? Yeah, I agree. The, also, yeah. the other thing that, the other different episode that sort of played into what I thought the show was going to evolve into back in season two when I thought they're going to run out of catfish pretty soon. Not true, obviously. But that it was going to turn into a show where it's just like, we just fly people out to meet the person they've been talking to online and then they really are in love and everyone's happy and it's more like a conventional dating show, which is what happened with, now I don't remember their names, but the ones who pretended that they didn't know each other and they totally did. The one oh, woman, yeah. was oh, a, yeah. she worked at a fast food place and then the other one was a stripper and then they were like, yep. psych, we totally have been Skyping this whole time, whoops. But I thought that's what every episode was going to turn into and it hasn't, but it still could. And then together they open a store that sells chicken strips. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I feel like we can move on from there. Good job, Dave. All right, it's time to go around the tile. <laughs> Everybody's bringing something about TV to the table, and we're going to start with Tar. Two big high-profile revivals this week that I'm very excited about. Times two. One, America's Best Dance Crew coming back. Is this uh, Randy Johnson Presents America's Best Dance Crew? Have, no, or have they chopped the title of well, it? Well, first of all, Randy Johnson is a pitcher. He was never involved in America's Best Dance Jackson. Crew. You said Johnson. I said Johnson. <laughs> I, you know you meant Jackson. He's a whole of dancer now. <laughs> I don't know if Randy Jackson is still involved or if somebody mm. else is running the franchise. But anyway, it's it's been fallow for a few years. But yep. now it seems like there's some kind of like mini competition that just leads up to the VMAs. Um, but if you didn't know about it, it's probably because the, for some unknown, godforsaken reason, they're airing it outside of primetime. So it comes back Wednesday uh, July 29th at 11 p.m. on MTV right after Catfish. So check it out. I definitely will be very excited to see what crews have been doing since the show was off. And also the other one is uh, the Wet Hot American Summer TV series coming to Netflix. It drops. Um, there's eight episodes on July 31st. We got screeners, so we watched the first six, yep. which at that point, just give us give all us eight. I don't know why yeah. you would hold back two. <laughs> really? It's really different than when it's, there's 13. But anyway, we watched all, we finished watching the last four of six on the weekend, and it's really it's funny. Solid. Yeah, it's, it's good. really good. I was oh. nervous, um, but it's it's pretty good. It's definitely true to the original yep. in, in all ways. Um, everyone looks amazing. John Hamm is in it. There's a whole bunch of new cast members that are great. John Slattery is also really funny as, as a theater director yeah. in a gold chain. Um, so this is the first day of camp as opposed to the last day of camp, which the movie is. So, um, yeah, it's it's very rich and layered and extremely silly and dumb. Yeah, and the can comes back. The can plays the, a part. And we find out oh, the, the backstory of the can. Yeah. So that's very exciting. <laughs> yes, the can has a backstory, yep. and you're going to learn what it is. 
Uh, so yeah, recommended. Wet Hot American Summer. All right, Kim. Now in the doc where we read, uh, all it says is Kim's most awesome thing. So I'm very excited. It's back. Yes. Well, let me give some backstory because not everybody's been following my career for the past 12 years or so. <laughs> I know. Hard to believe. Mm. Uh, back when I used to recap the real world for Television Without Pity, I think it was in the Las Vegas season, maybe? Maybe. Las Vegas or... Austin, anyway. Is this long enough ago that it would have been Mighty Big TV? No. Not quite? No, I don't think so. I think it was post-Las Vegas, too, because that was a pretty juicy season. As I recall, it was something that you added when the season was really boring. Probably Austin Austin was last. Anyway, it doesn't matter. When I used to recap the real world, uh, I used to get really bored because the show was kind of the same every week. And so I started dropping into the middle to reward people for reading that far. Something (laughs) called the most awesome thing I saw on TV last week where I would just give these really quick recaps of whatever I was watching. Sometimes it was TV movies. Sometimes it was, uh, I, I, in looking back at what I did, I did a lot of starting over. Remember that show? Yes. I talked about that a lot. And, and little house anyway. on the prairie. And it's funny. You mentioned Tara, oh. because right now I'm going to tell you about the most awesome thing I saw on TV last week, which was one of the later episodes of little house on the prairie. So awesome. In this episode, Laura announces that she's pregnant, and then Ma's like, hey, me too, which I found kind of creepy, but I guess in those days when people got married at, like, 16, it would have been a lot more common because no one else seems to be really shocked or grossed out or whatever. They probably both went into the cabbage patch at the same time. Yes, Yes. two storks for the price of one. Mm -hmm. So. Pa's all fired up because he thinks he might finally get a son, which is kind of rude to Albert because even though he's adopted, they always made a point telling him he was an Ingalls and shit. So then Ma goes to Doc Baker to find out when she's due. And I'm glad I don't live in Walnut Grove because you go to the same doctor for a cough, a broken leg, and a pregnancy test. (laughs) Anyway, Doc Baker's like, you're not pregnant. And Ma insists that she's missed two cycles. And Doc Baker tells her she's going through the change, except he doesn't even say the change or menopause. And I remember watching this episode when I was a little kid and I did not know what in the hell was going on. And I think I asked my mom, but I doubt I got a satisfactory answer. So Ma begs Doc Baker not to tell Pa and promises to tell him herself in time. So Ma practically has a nervous breakdown on the way home because she doesn't think Pa will love her anymore because she's not a whole woman. Gross. So then Doc Baker finds out that Ma hasn't told Pa yet and he basically blackmails her into telling him, like, what business is it of Doc Baker's anyway? And I guess they didn't have doctor-patient confidentiality or HIPAA on the prairie. So then Albert runs and gets Pa at the sawmill and says that Ma's crying in bed. So Pa rushes home and Ma lies and says that she lost the baby. So Pa goes to see Doc Baker, and Doc Baker's like, I'm sorry that I didn't tell you earlier, and Pa's no slouch in the brains department, so he figures out that Ma was never pregnant at all. And Doc Baker explains why Ma lied. So then Pa goes and sees Laura for some reason, and she tells him to prove to Ma that he still loves her. Like, isn't Laura a little too involved in her parents' marriage? (laughs) So Pa decides to take Ma out of town on a vacation to go on a wedding of the son of their childhood friends. And on the way, they stop and camp out because there was no Motel 6 back then. (laughs) And Pa makes up this whole story about how he didn't even know if he wanted the baby because he would be an old dad, and he was looking forward to having alone time with Ma. And she says she was feeling the same way. And I guess they had a change of heart about two seasons later when they adopted James and Cassandra and meanwhile they still have Grace who's like two so there isn't going to be any alone time for a while but whatever (laughs) so then they meet their friends and the friend's family and they go to see Ma's childhood home and Ma goes up to her old bedroom window and Pa climbs up the trellis and they reminisce about how Pa proposed right there and then of course the trellis breaks and Pa goes crashing to the ground but he's okay 
Okay. And then they decide to renew their vows. Like, did people even do that back then? (laughs) So then the son of the childhood friend asked Ma and Pa to make it a double wedding. And if there's anything smurfier than a double wedding, (laughs) it's a double wedding where one couple's renewing their vows. So Ma and Pa renew their vows, and Ma's happy once again, and she totally forgets that she's a barren shell of a woman, and everyone is happy, which is awesome. (laughs) Wow. Well done. It's back. How is Kim not doing a uh, marathon diary of Little House on the Prairie for the summer? <laughs> because there's 7,000 episodes. <laughs> there, Do you know yeah. how many seasons there are? Oh, yes. my God. So many. Is there like over 10? However, since you mentioned Kim in a marathon diary, this is a good chance to plug. Kim is doing a marathon diary of The Good Wife, which you can follow oh, yeah, along right. with on previously. And also another thing we forgot to plug, which is Catfish. You do the previously at previously TV now account, which is on Twitter. I do. You do live, I live sort of tweet. tweeting. I do. It. Yeah. Yep. Now it's Sarah's turn for Around the Dial. Uh, humans. Heard of them. Heard of them. Welcome. Heard of them. <laughs> I have also uh, heard of them and also of the show, but it was one of those things that I hadn't like prioritized watching, even though many people told me that uh, I would love it. I started watching it. I love it. Yep. Uh, realizing how good it was and how much I liked it and still having like three or four episodes to go before it was caught up is like that feeling that you get on the Sunday night of a long weekend. And you're like, <laughs> oh, and you're watching like the 60 minutes clock, which um, Angela Chase was like the most depressing sound in the world. And then you're like, <laughs> oh yeah, I have a whole other day. Yep. Um, the world building is really good and not too heavy handed. William Hurt is the most likable he's been in a decade. Yeah. And the characters are so like relatable and well done that even when uh, it's like Friday Night Lights, actually, that even when you know you're being manipulated, you like the characters and performances so much that you don't mind. So humans. Heard of them. How far along are you? Are you caught uh, up like to the last two episode? and a half in? I oh, had okay. to stop so that uh, Dan, Dan's like, oh, you found good TV? Like if I'm watching TV <laughs> and not yelling at it and I do it without him, he's like, but aren't you going to wait for me? Because <laughs> usually he has to sit there and just listen to me. Are you married to in. Droopy? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Droopy Dan. <laughs> Little known Deadwood character. <laughs> um. One of my favorite things about humans is uh, Max's smile. Yes, he's so sweet. Yeah. He's a sweetie. Yeah, that's one of my favorite. And, uh, I love that they call him Maxie. Maxie. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, uh, it's getting really good. That we've, uh, we're one ahead because we flew to England. Um, but there's, there's still two more yet to air. Or, sorry, one more. It's the season finale is this Sunday in the UK. But it's, uh, it's great. And I've been covering it for previously.tv, so you can check out my post on it if you wish. All right, went down another uh, retro rabbit hole uh, this week, and uh, here are a a couple. So, so there's this guy on YouTube. He just collects tapes. You know, if you have a tape that you happen to record on your VCR back when you were a kid, um, he'll pay to get it shipped to him so he can digitize it and everything. He just puts these tapes up on uh, YouTube and whatever. So here are two ads, both from Saturday morning, uh, both played in the same break. Within the land of Tweedledee, the ships sail on an orange juice sea. The pretzel trees line popcorn brooks, and coats are hung on banana hooks. The fruit car trains ride celery tracks past factories with carrot stick stacks. The kids don't have much tooth decay. Limiting sweets keeps it away. 
Making all these delicious snacks is a machine they call Old Max. Okay, so Old Max, <laughs> he looks like... Um, is that a nickname for Satan? Because no, that's what it sounds I know. like. But, so <laughs> if you imagine like a uh, you know 70s PSA cartoon style, you know exactly what this looks like. Max looks is like this machine, sort of like looks like a boiler room sort of machine, except he's, part of it is a human face that looks like Buddy Hackett. And he is pumping Ooh. out all these vegetables in a way that looks like he's like uh, um, orgasming every oh. time he sends one out. So that's a little gross. Not really, you know, all that germane to the, the message. You're going to embed this in the show notes, right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. This snacks is a machine they call Old Max. But one dark day, Old Max broke down. It sent a scare throughout the town. The doctors made their decision. Have all kids think good nutrition. They all thought hard of milk and meats, nuts and fruits, and sugarless treats. Max regained his good condition thanks to thoughts of good nutrition. A tasteful message from the American Academy of Pediatrics and the American Dental Association. Uh-huh. I'm pretty sure nope. you can probably get cavities from orange juice, too. There's a lot of sugar in it and acid. Followed by... Starburst fruit juice, a burst of refreshing fruit flavors for you. Tastes like mouth-watering orange. Strawberry too, luscious lemon. And now a tempting new flavor, tasty tangy cherry. There's a burst of refreshing fruit flavors for you. In Starburst fruit juice, naturally and artificially flavored. So we're learning a couple things. <laughs> First of all, old Max killed himself. That's what happened after that commercial. <laughs> yeah, we're learning that, uh, you know, kids, you want to eat uh, fruit trains on celery tracks or do you want to dig into Starburst now with an exciting fourth flavor, guys? I also like how they don't bother to describe strawberry in any kind of enticing way, which is correct. It's the shittiest flavor. <laughs> Overruled. It's oh, the best. How come, whoa. Mm, how come oh, Starburst no. doesn't have lime? That's one they should have. It doesn't. I think in like other other packagings have lime. Yeah, I know you can get the tropical stuff or whatever. But yeah. Anyway, so that's the war on teeth <laughs> from early 80s on Saturday morning cartoons. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response... Were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought? Everyone in this room is now Domer. 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 Never listen to it. <laughs> Never. Never going to sync up, guys. All right. <sighs> Fucking don't. <We> can't. So, <laughs> no, <laughs> we know. That's what makes it awesome, though. Um, Domer. It is Domer. Uh, this week, I guess they didn't have much of a budget for a set because a lot of it took place with Mark Helgenberger and Dean Norris in cages opposite each other. With Dean Norris somehow deputized by Dr. Frank Whaley to like interrogate Christine and get her to give up all her secrets of what she is and what her end game is as an alien avatar, whatever the fuck. <laughs> Which she basically volunteers in like the first phase of their conversation. So I don't know why it has to keep going. But anyway, they, uh, long story short, <laughs> this is the least well defended. Uh, base of an evil private military contractor ever because Junior and Barbie alone totally storm it and kill everybody. Um, and so now Big Jim is out on the loose and Christine is back in town and uh, she's still mind controlling everyone. It's so stupid. And so one of the few people who has figured out what her deal is is uh, 
uh, Sam, who is the Eddie Cahill character. So he gets her to admit that she tricked some other idiot into um, killing herself with pills that somehow exist still after three weeks, like they wouldn't have all been taken on the first day. Um, <laughs> but anyway, she, so he gets her to admit that he, she did that and she does. And then he stabs her in the side and leaves. He's an EMT. Like if he wanted her to die, wouldn't he know exactly where to stab her? That would actually be a killing blow. It's ridiculous. So then Junior has to bring her back to the caves and she gets re-cocooned, covered in goo. And somehow he's like, Yep, that's what should happen. Back, so, back in a Kakoma. She's back in her, yeah, in her Kokuma. And uh, that's where we left them off. So I don't know who's going to be in charge of all the idiots in Under the Dome Land now, but uh, that's what that's where we're at. Wow. <laughs> how is this a show on television? I don't, <laughs> I don't know how it is. I, I don't get it either. Sometimes I stop and just think, like, how many people were involved in this getting to me? It just seems like such a waste of everyone's efforts. Every I'll, week I listen to you describe it, and I just think, first, I'm sorry that you have to watch <laughs> uh-huh. it. And yeah. Second, like, there's other people who watch it apparently. Yeah. And are they all watching it going, what is happening? Or are they like, oh my God, I can't wait to see what that junior is up to this week. <laughs> I don't understand. I mean, there must be, right? Like there can't be that many people that are hate watching it. There just it can't possibly be. But I, I don't know how they have managed to do this many seasons of it because there's so little, they have so few ideas. And now it just seems like they're trying to to elide all the real world problems that these people would be having. Like for example, someone fell off a roof last week and was um, it Pa? No, it wasn't Pa. <laughs> it was fucking Hunter. <laughs> fell off a roof and then he tried to blame it on Nori, which was not her fault. He was trying to yank her off and then she whatever. He fell. He legitimately fell. Now he's paralyzed. So they went to get the x-ray machine from the clinic because now every operation, everything is happening at Town Hall because they only have one set. And so they made Joe, this fucking teenager, they were like, go set up the solar panels. Like, sure, why not? And so the last thing we see is like him just moving the actual physical panels around like they're not attached to anything. Uh. And then two (laughs) scenes later, they're like, great, the solar panels are working. Let's fire up this x-ray machine. And they totally are looking at the x-rays like, yep, you'll never walk again. That happens within 10 minutes of show. I'm not even wow. kidding. It's absurd. I don't know the scientific explanation, but fire from the sun made it good. But like, wouldn't it have to be, even if he did manage to hook them up somehow, which like, let's assume that he did, mm-hmm. even though he's 16. Sure. Why not? Let's pretend he did. Wouldn't they have to like collect solar energy for a while before they could like start using them but that obviously doesn't happen in the show for an x-ray machine one would think for a game boy probably not <laughs> Maybe not so i assume that they're just going to like in the next couple of episodes find someone else who's like oh she had a store of food oh he had a store of pills because they just keep like finding stuff that they need conveniently oh the show that's what's up with you let's move on to something much oh, much God. less dumb we bought into a zoo that was the 30 second theme now down to 15 seconds maybe i'll double it every week until we're done uh tara uh problem with zoo is that uh, by the time we talk about it it's like six days old i forget forgot what happened so Mm -hmm. uh remind me um so agent 
guy from Enlisted yep. has shown up. He's, oh, yeah. he's in he's in Mississippi investigating this. He's on to all your a- tricks. This wolf attack on the prison. Um, the the head of the, the the wolf whisperer who we decided is now named Charles Animalson. Yep. Not Manson. Nope. Um, <laughs> he's on the loose. Uh, he's he's getting up to mischief yep. in the in the woods. Um, Frenchie had no cover story to, to uh, talk her way into the prison, yet it worked. The yeah. only person who figured it out was Agent Guy from Enlisted. Um, and then she had Jackson and girl reporter pretend that they were her cohorts from the French embassy, and then they just like totally talked in their American accents yeah. with no no sign that they were any kind of French at yeah. all. Uh, the only thing they didn't do was like start talking about NASCAR. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of NASCAR, oh. uh, so then Abraham and Mitch had to go to like a gun store to buy oh, yeah. <laughs> non-lethal weapons to try yeah. and trap the wood the wolves in the woods. And uh, Abraham bought a net gun. And so we spent a lot of time talking about how fun it would be to have a net gun to just like shoot at the dog or each other or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so we may True. we may yet get one. I bet but they But here's sell them the on thing Amazon. about a net gun is it doesn't work in a forest. I mean, especially a, a sort of a brushy forest like they were in. Like there's all these fine twigs and leaves everywhere. Your net gun would immediately get caught on something. You need an open area to shoot a net gun. If Planet of the Apes taught us nothing else the original is that you need an open field in which to throw a net to capture somebody you can't right. shoot a net in thick brush well abraham is used to the savanna so that may have seemed reasonable to him yeah but that's just grass right that's not brush oh, it's I know. different you're tame. i understand but i'm saying that's why he bought it yeah i'm, I'm retconning this show as if it fucking but the other thing about it. the the nascar redneck scene oh is, yeah yeah is uh that uh so Ab- abraham is uh you know um the hunter and he's with the what is it? What is He's that a guy? veterinary pathologist. Yes, that's right. And who's Ooh. basically like your MSNBC style left wing, you know, capital L liberal nut bar. Who hates hates people, loves animals. Picking a fight wherever he can, including, you know. In this, a gun store. In a gun store. Like, <laughs> must be reasonable. <laughs> yeah. And uh, really going at it too. Like, uh, like the only thing that wasn't said in this speech, well, he's not my president. You know, like one of the rednecks didn't say that. But otherwise, yeah. it was exactly the scene you. And yet, these it was. all these Mississippi rednecks let the the African talk them down from this as if they wouldn't have turned on him too. Sorry, rednecks. You know it's true. <laughs> anyway, yeah. uh, Zoo is a bad show. I, Go ahead. I have a question about this show, please. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this show on CBS as well? Oh yeah. Yes. Okay, I have another follow-up. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, what the hell is going on with summer television? Yeah. Like, our network's just, CBS is just throwing whatever shit on TV, and who cares? Well. And NBC is like, you know, America's Got Talent right. and Dateline reruns. Like, what is going on? Yeah, well, all the good shows are on cable, so that might be why networks aren't trying. Yeah. But CBS has, like, apparently made this whole, like, summer is for sci-fi thing, like, a legit programming strategy, because at the ATX Festival, where it was last month, they had a panel that was a writer from Under the Dome, a writer from Zoo, and a writer from Extant, that Halle Berry show that is terrible. Yeah. Um, so that, that seems to be, that's their summer thing. It's like, we're only showing new episodes of Big Brother and these three pieces of shit. Yep. So people must watch them, I, I guess. I mean, I, I'm watching two of the three, so who am I to judge, but. Well, yeah. thank God for cable anyways during this period, because yeah. you know, it's, it's been a pretty good summer on cable, mm-hmm. you know, the humans and, uh, Mr. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Robot. Mr. Now, Robot, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's enjoyable, even though I think it's kind of. It's, it's hitting Mr. Robot's hitting that place where there is 
he's got two pounds of story and a ten pound bag. Yeah, I feel like they're they starting to uh, stretch it out, and it's getting a little less enjoyable. But uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything else on zoo? <laughs> Any other questions we can answer about zoo? No. All no. right, moving on. You can't answer them. <laughs> Dear Mr. President, there are too many states nowadays. Please eliminate three. I am not a crackpot. My name is Zoe, and I am not a crackpot. I have a huge pet peeve with actors not knowing how to or possibly set people not knowing what to do with touchscreen iPhone things. Now that people can actually see the screens as people are pushing things on the television, uh, it drives me absolutely bonkers up the wall mad when i can see the answer or decline buttons i'm looking at you arrow you have so many guilty instances of this you can't just pick up the phone and start talking you have to press something and if you're talking to someone on the phone it probably means that you pressed answer so please that would be great if you could stop doing that also i was once watching an episode of the good wife where diane lockhart actually answered the phone and held it upside down to her face you can't tell me somebody didn't notice that right away or like when she took it down off of her face so please i am not a crackpot now that you're using fancy touch screens it would be absolutely fantastic if you could teach your actors how to hold and press the right buttons on the phone thank you i know dave has a corollary to this one which is what oh that you hate it when people are talking on the phone and you can see the home screen oh yeah well she mentioned that oh okay. yeah um well she mentioned the part where you get a call and you know you can see the accept or decline screen mm-hmm. and they're still somehow talking into it. Uh, embarrassing admission from not too recent uh, ago in my life, which is I bought a skin for my iPhone 6. You know, the one that's sort of like sticky and you stick on it because I don't really like cases that much. So I bought uh, basically a sticker to go on the back of it so it wouldn't get scratched. And it's got die cuts for everything right and the bottom of the iphone has these little holes for the speaker Mm -hmm. and when i peeled off the sticker the little holes didn't stay on the on the backing and so all those little holes were blocking the speaker and i didn't figure it out for about four days (laughs) everybody i was talking to on the phone and this was during a time when we were talking to like uh real estate people and and uh you know contractors when we when we're moving and stuff and uh they're all like you got a really bad connection i can't hear you i'm like you stupid fucks is your connection <laughs> i tell you no, i look at the bottom of my phone up for a couple of days oh fuck me so you know it happens to the best of us but this is iphone 101 stuff like you got to press a button to take a call you have to actually like when you hold it up to your head the screen goes off yeah like you don't need like some sort of fancy like i think i suspect they actually make jpegs of some of the screens in order for the screen to always be on somehow like somebody's like people won't understand if the phone screen's off are they actually talking on the phone or is it really off like you know like earl the 67 year old you know prop master uh-huh. is making these decisions i think just to piggyback on zoe's thing my my complaint and i at some point need to start actually taking screenshots of all the instances but like people on tv shows that take place in the current day are still using iphones from like four generations ago with the old kind of um charger plug oh yeah like not the what is it called the lightning yep yeah but the from pre which, yeah which have been out since 2012 like people who work for a law firm in the in in our time have the newest iphone i think uh, i think yes 
I do. Mm. There was there oh, was one law inst- firm. Yeah, okay. there was an instance on benched when someone who was like supposed to be this super fucking hotshot had an old phone. Like that would never happen. He would have the modernist phone. But also, people on Under the Dome have iPhone sixes. Continue, Dave. Do you remember when we started at Bravo after we sold the site and they gave us those coal powered hand cranked blue yes. blackberries yes oh, that were like yeah. mono yeah, and like the it had like sure. the game boy screen on them and everything they that were was like, admittedly like three days before the iphone came yeah. out but it was like you as soon as really they came tell. out they were like these are the oldest things in the universe I, yeah you can really tell where in the pecking order you were at uh-huh. nbc based on the f- company phone they got yeah they gave you and it was it was like really like i never turned it on i just put it in the drawer do i have to use this or like yes like i doubt it nobody's gonna call me <laughs> and they never did as far as you know uh, all right, it's time for an extra hot great ad about extra hot great ads. Remember, for 50 bucks, you can send somebody a personal message or an ad about, about yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your name, your hobbies, what show you like. <laughs> it only costs you $50, or you can wish somebody else a happy birthday. You can do something stupid. You can even like uh, make a case for why people should be watching your favorite show. That's an option, too. $100 for an actual business ad. If you are selling a product, um, you want to get some more eyeballs in it, uh, and you think our audience is a match, all you have to do is go to previously.tv, hit the EHG nav item, and uh, click buy an ad, and we'll talk shop. We can make the ad for you, or we can play your ad. We're easy. Let's do this thing. All right. It's time for the Canon Kim. Take it away. Okay, uh, so the first time I did a Canon submission, I chose an episode of Parks and Rec that I was pretty sure was going to get accepted into the Canon, and it did, because I was scared. And so now I've got <laughs> a little bit more confidence, and I went a little bit riskier this time. Not too risky. I didn't get crazy. Uh, but I chose an episode of Friday Night Lights, Season 1, Episode 20, Mud Bowl. Because it's such a serialized show, it may be difficult for non-viewers of the series to get into this one episode, which comes late in the first season. And not every ongoing plot is a winner. So I'm going to go through them in order from not so great to great. So starting with not so great, Riggins is hooking up with his single mom neighbor and they're trying to keep it from her kid. This plot line is dumb and the kid is annoying, but it does allow for the episode to open with sleepy, post-sex, must-hair Riggins. So it's not all bad. (laughs) Billy Riggins makes a brief appearance to offer some sensible advice about the relationship in this clip. Where the hell are you going? Jackie's. You're going over to Jackie's again. Is that kid calling you daddy yet? Mm-mm. Doesn't know anything about it. I might not have a PhD in stupid like you do, but I'm going to tell you right now, this is going to turn out badly. And hell, it's, it's probably going to end badly right around the state. Okay, so Billy Riggins, uh, for once, making some good advice, and that's about all I have to say about that storyline. So next, Smash has broken up with his girlfriend, Waverly, because she's confessed that she's bipolar and has exhibited uh, evidence to that, and she's off her meds, and he doesn't know how to handle it. So Lila befriends Waverly so they can bond over how much men suck, and they go shooting guns together. Maybe not the best uh, occupation for a bipolar person who's off their meds. Smash sees him together, and he struggles with whether or not to tell Lila what he knows. He finally does, and of course, Lila tells Waverly, and she confronts Smash about it in this clip. You told Lila Gary that I'm bipolar? <laughs> I love you, okay? I love you. 
okay? And you're right, I have no idea what you're dealing with, but you're not helping me, okay? You tell me you're sick, but you're not taking your pills. And then you start acting a little crazy, and now you're doing things to endanger yourself and everybody else around you. I'm the only one who knows about it, and I can't tell nobody. No, no, that's not fair, okay? I'd do anything for you, but that's too much. I think you need to talk to somebody. Maybe a dad or... No, I can't talk to my dad. What no. about my mom? Why? She's Why? a nurse and she knows you. She can help. Because, baby, I don't think you're okay. And you can stay mad at me if you want to, but it's not going to change my mind. About anything I just said. So sure, it's melodramatic, but so is high school. And when I was rewatching this, it struck me as really true to a lot of high school relationships. Um, although Smash's accent gets a little slippery in there, but it was nice to see another side of Smash, not just the cocky football player. Uh, paralyzed former star quarterback Jason Street is trying to pick up the pieces of his life and figure out what's next, but his parents are pressuring him to sue not just the school, but also Coach Taylor. The pressure is affecting his parents' marriage as well as his own self-esteem. For example, if his parents think they need the money to support him for life, does that mean he's doomed to be an invalid? He also feels extremely guilty about suing Coach Taylor, who is like a father to him. The only thing that brings him any joy is helping Matt Saracen prepare for the big game in this clip. Just straight. Just straight, Saracen. You got to oh. keep your head up, field. Keep your feet light. Hey. Get back on the line. I think I might maybe throw up. Oh, you want to go home, Saracen? I mean, if you want to go home, I mean, I got, I got a busy day, too. I can go home. I'm picking paper, check in on Oprah. Something wrong with Oprah, Saracen? No, Oprah's, I like no, Oprah. No, nothing Oprah. is wrong with Oprah. <laughs> Team's defensive linemen, three of them run a 4-6-40. So that makes them not only bigger than you, but faster than you. They're going to be in your chili all night, and unless you listen to me, you're going to be eating an awful lot of turf. You want that? All right, then listen, keep your feet light, okay? As soon as I tell you where the pressure's coming from, stay on your toes, get it out quick so you don't get hit, all right? So that sets up not only the challenges that Saracen is going to face in the football game at the end of the episode, but also Street's storyline in the first season was kind of a downer, understandably so. So it was nice for him to have a moment where he gets to bust Saracen's balls, which is always fun, and talk football. So Street and Lila are supposed to be engaged, which was a terrible idea, but they've been drifting apart as they realize how much their planned future together has changed. She finally confronts him when she visits him at home and finds him lying on the couch watching TV in our next clip. Listen, I know it may be a lot to ask of you to call me so that I know whether or not we're engaged or boyfriend and girlfriend are just real good pals. Get off my back, Lila! What do I have right now, huh? I got a girlfriend who cheated on me. I got parents who are breaking up because of some stupid lawsuit. I lost a coach, lost a team, lost my friends, lost the quad rugby. So I got nothing. So I'm sorry for not being the perfect boyfriend right now, but I got a lot more on my mind than powder puff in, in prom. And this cup is way too full. I'll spill it. You know that. No, it's not too full. What the hell was that for? You think it's been easy for me to help you in and out of that chair? Well, no one's holding a gun to your head, Lila. I do it because I love you, stupid. But now you're sitting here feeling sorry for yourself and acting like a jackass all the time. You want to play rugby? Find another team. You hate this lawsuit so much? Find a way to make it go away. Next time you want a glass of water, say please. Yeah, Lila. So I was never the biggest fan of Minka Kelly's acting or Lila as a character, especially in the first season. But this was the first time I liked her in the series. And from a character standpoint, it was the first time that Jason and Lila got real with each other about what his accident was doing to them and their relationship. 
So Street and his parents meet with the tailors, the school, and the lawyers for a settlement conference. The Streets are asking for a ton of money that no one has to give, and they seem to be at an impasse until Jason takes charge. He writes down an amount that would eliminate his parents' debt and save their home, and assures his parents that he can take care of himself going forward so they don't need to worry about that. While we don't see the amount, it's clearly much less than the millions they were originally asking for, as the school's lawyers quickly agree. Coach Taylor stands up, clearly moved by Street taking his life back and doing the right thing, and just points at him. And Kyle Chandler, as usual, says so much with a facial expression and a gesture, and it just slayed me. I think I watched that moment four or five times in a row. Anyway, moving, sorry, I'm getting emotional just thinking about it. <laughs> uh, moving on to the next plot. Landry hatches a plan to become Tyra's algebra tutor because he has had a crush on her all season and he thinks this will help him get closer to her. And Saracen gives him shit because it's so obvious what he's trying to do in this clip. Good morning, Tyra. How you doing? Yeah, I'm going to go. I'll call you later. Uh, yeah. Okay. Where is she going? She's going to the library. She has some algebra final. Going to the library? Yeah. Uh, I'll let y'all talk. Whatever y'all were doing. Why are you looking at me so weird? Just curious where you're going. I'm gotta go. Um, yeah, return really... some books. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, Landry convinces Tyra to let him be her tutor, and he seems to help her. And she asks him to meet again on Friday night in this clip. Which I apologize, this one's a little long, but I felt like you needed the whole thing to see their relationship. So here's the clip. Okay, now what do you got after you take off the times three? Okay, the square root of x equals seven. How do you get rid of that pesky little square root right there? Square both sides. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. You square both sides. Yeah. You know, if you love math so much, why don't you just start your own little math club? That way you can do math all day long. Well, you see, I did, but nobody showed up. Yeah, it's shocking. <laughs> really. You know, all this bitterness that you're showing me really isn't helping. You know, I appreciate the fact you're talking to me and everything, but it's not really... <laughs> It's not really helping matters, so mm. could we just maybe solve for x? All right. x equals 49. <laughs> this play, that's right. Bastard! <laughs> I hate you! <laughs> that wasn't funny, was it? <laughs> Good job. Congratulations. Uh, you got AMC Network's Sundance Now is a premium streaming video service offering a rich selection of prestige dramas, heart-stopping thrillers, and gripping true crime series from around the world. Sundance Now believes that life is more enriching when experienced through perspectives that differ from our own. Why is Sundance Now so awesome? Sundance Now's catalog includes award-winning original content, international exclusives, and hard-to-find properties at a fair price. You get premium content and no commercials for as low as four ninety nine a month with an annual membership. And you can enjoy it anywhere. Sundance Now works on all your favorite devices. Download the app or watch online on Apple and Android devices, Amazon Fire TV, Google Chromecast, Roku, and more. My favorite aspect of Sundance Now is their documentary library. Pop culture investigations like The Cult of J.T. Leroy, The Pussy Riot Doc, and that must-see for Project Runway fans, Bill Cunningham, New York. But the catalog is impressively deep on the true crime front, too. There are lots of films I've covered for my true crime newsletter, but just as many I haven't had a chance to watch yet, and I had to force myself not to start Valentine Road instead of recording this ad, so... Let's get to that promo code so that I can get back to the film, and you can join me free for 30 days. 
Start streaming your next obsession. To try Sundance Now free for 30 days, go to SundanceNow.com and use promo code EHG. That's S-U-N-D-A-N-C-E-N-O-W.com and use promo code EHG for 30 days of free streaming. Thanks, Sundance Now. They're all by yourself. Um, if you're not doing anything on Friday, maybe we could get together yes. and study. <laughs> study, yeah. Great. It's a date then. Okay, two things about that clip. One is the fact that he says yes to whatever she's proposing before <laughs> she can even get it out of her mouth, which is hilarious. And the look on his face when she says it's a date just kills me again because he's so hopeful and thinks that, you know, maybe this is going to work out. I was such a sucker for Landry on the show. And maybe I related a little too much to being the bookish nerd in a town full of football players and supporters. <laughs> that could be it. All right, so Landry probably willfully misinterprets that she called it a date, and Saracen tries to point this out as he accompanies Landry to the barber so Landry can get a haircut in this clip. Is that you over there snickering? Yes, she said date. It's a date. Yeah, I know, I know, but it's date. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an expression. It's, it's like a colloquialism. Well, she used said everywhere. that expression. What's that girl's name? Her name is Tyra. Tyra. And, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm really just about tired of, of being a supporting actor and about ready to be a leading man. Matt. Okay. You know, it's going to be a big <laughs> night for us, so you might as well just accept that. I said it's going to be a huge night. Uh, I mean, you're probably going to square a lot of numbers, maybe figure out a quadratic that's equation cute. or something that's, like that's that. That's really cute. I'm really laughing on the inside. No, it's adorable promise, what you I know. It is. You know what, Matt? I, I, I'm going to go, and I'm going to tell her how I feel. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to declare myself to her. Okay? And you need to just accept that. Carl, not, not too tight. Please. All right, okay. I'm going to look all afraid when I go and see my lady. <laughs> <laughs> so Saracen and Landry's friendship throughout the series was so natural and so realistic, and I enjoyed pretty much every scene they had together, which you can probably tell because I clipped them all. Uh, it was the strength of the writers and directors to just trust these two actors and their natural chemistry to make their scenes feel like a slice of life instead of two guys being paid to recite words on a page. So on the night in question, Landry's car won't start, and he can't meet Tyra at the diner. So Tyra waits a while, and after assuming she got stood up, she heads out. Another patron who is chatting with her follows her and attempts to rape her. Tyra manages to fight him off with the help of the truck's cigarette lighter, and Landry shows up just in time to comfort her as she's sobbing in the pouring rain. You can see the conflicting emotions on Landry's face. He's a teenage boy, so there's a part of him that for a second is psyched that he gets to hold Tyra so close. But then the enormity of what just happened washes over him. And there's also a small part of him that slowly realizes that this probably isn't the greatest time to declare his love for Tyra, which was his original plan. And it might never be a good time for that now. This plot ends up going to legendarily bad places in the second season. But on original viewing, we didn't even know for sure if there would be a second season. So taking in that context, I really loved how the nerd's crush on the hot girl was handled in the first season because it went in surprising directions. But the main plot of the episode is that the Dillon Panthers are preparing to play the Brant Vikings at home in the state semifinals. The town is in a frenzy, and it seems to Coach Taylor that everyone is trying to make a buck off of his team, a point only emphasized when Matt Saracen finds an envelope full of cash in his locker. Before Coach Taylor can deal with the issue, there's an explosion outside, a train has derailed, and the ensuing spill means that school is shut down and Dillon won't be able to play the game at home. Brandt offers to play the game at a nearby stadium, but it will practically give them a home field advantage. Coach Taylor turns him down. And then 
Coach Chandler has a brilliant idea. They can play in a vacant field in the middle of nowhere. He collects his wife, Tammy, from home, takes her to a cow-filled field in the middle of nowhere, and pitches her the idea. And again, it's a long clip with some silences, but it really gets to the heart of the Taylor's relationship. The next clip. <laughs> Where would people park? I don't know. And how would you put lights in here? I don't know that either. Where would people pee? Well, I don't know. They could use cups for all I care. I, I don't know. Cows agree with me. I don't see why you can't Sweetie, agree. Why no, I'm, I'm, the I'm cows are more supportive than you I'm, are. So, you know I'm supportive. I'm just thinking, you know, I mean, you got a lot on your mind. you got this TMU thing, you know, lawsuit. I mean, this may not be the clearest thought that you've had in a while. <laughs> I'm getting pressured into giving up my home field advantage right now. You know, I'm getting players who are receiving gifts, and I've got a damn town that's full of, I don't know, they're money hungry. The whole damn thing. I'm just, all I want to do is just. Close your eyes. Pretend you're 10 years old. Just playing. You just play. Play football. So I want to play football. This is kind of the thesis statement of Coach Taylor's character. And the fact that his wife is ultimately supportive, even though she can name a hundred reasons why his idea won't work, once she realizes how much it means to him, is why so many people loved the Taylor's marriage as portrayed on the show. She's not blindly supportive. She's not a nag. She's a partner. Plus, the part where Connie Britton gets unexpectedly nuzzled by a cow cracked me up. (laughs) (laughs) So with his team's help and a little reverse psychology, Coach Taylor gets the field up to regulations and convinces Brant's coach to play there. The night of the big game, Brant takes an early lead, and then it starts pouring, giving the episode its title. It turns into a mud bowl. Dylan ties it up, and the referees call a conference at halftime to determine if the game can even continue due to field conditions. The Brant coach thinks they should call it, but players on both sides want to continue. As the game nears the end, Coach Taylor gives one last inspirational speech to his team in our final clip. Everything that has been asked of you this year and that you have asked of yourselves, gentlemen, comes down to this. Blood, sweat, and tears, it all stays right here on this field right now. This is our dirt. This is our mud. This is ours, baby. Clear eyes, full heart, get loose. You kind of want to take that clip and put it on, like, your workout mix so that you can, you know... (laughs) Do that one last set at the end of your workout. Anyway, so then young Matt Saracen, the quarterback that no one thought was ready to lead the team, engineers a drive that results in the Panthers scoring a touchdown in the final seconds and winning the game. Matt and Julie make out. Coach S. Street, who's been giving Saracen pointers all night, if he's ever thought about coaching. And the Panthers are headed to the state championship. I was tempted to choose one of the show's season finales for my canon submission because those tend to be the climax of the season, but those also tend to be centered completely around one particular football game. This episode had more of the non-football storylines and featured some of the trademark characteristics of a first season episode. Riggins was hot. Street was a decent person. Landry and Saracen busted each other's balls and coach and Tammy teamed up to do the right thing for the team despite external pressures. So that is why I am submitting Friday Night Lights season one, episode 20, Mud Bowl to the canon. What say you all? Sarah, why don't you start? Um, thank you so much for this submission. Uh, very well crafted. Uh, I hadn't revisited this show in a while. And um, 
it was really like reconnecting with an old friend. Uh, I just, I love the show. I love the score. Um, I love Connie Britton's hair. Uh, I, but I mean, here's the, here's the thing about this episode. Uh, I'm not sure it's actually a, a quintessential Friday Night Lights episode for a couple of reasons. First of all, this show is tough because unless you go into uh, the season of which we shall not speak, season <laughs> two, it's pretty hard to find a dud. And even during season two, I feel like we were all watching it like, what the, f- like, what is <laughs> happening? Like it was still a good entertaining show, but we were just like, oh, why, why is this happening? What's with the shovel? Please stop. So Tyra's assault is really tense and well done um, from like a filmic standpoint but that whole like where that went is super problematic um your argument actually did change my mind about it a little because of your description of Landry who I also love um but this show this show is tough um to pick like one that stands head and shoulders above the rest but this episode did feel a little bit neat to me the football game like triumph seemed a little bit neat. Some of the speeches seemed a little bit neat, like smashes rant. I think, you know, he was correct about everything he said, but they needed to like de-writer it a little bit. Um, like it was but, too polished. Like his speech was, was too good yeah, for the moment. It should have been, he should have yeah, been stumbling over his little, feelings. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, that wasn't the only time like coach Taylor's. I mean, I loved the, like, He's trying to convince uh, Tammy that it's a good idea to build a fil- field there. And then cows are just totally unconcerned, like mooing at <laughs> key emotional points of the scene. But then that, you know, there's something about like speeches in which it's like, let's just get back to, you know, being a kid and playing the game. Like in any context, I'm not a, a super fan of those they're both great and they elevate the material but some of the some of the writing felt a little bit on the nose i do think um speaking of leaving it on the field that because the show's future was in question that uh everyone involved in putting the show together was trying not to leave anything undone so i can grade on a curve for that but i am actually still not sure at this point how i'm gonna vote good episode but i'm not sure it's a canon episode dave oh me uh targo yeah dave wanted me to go next i'm a little on the fence too cam your your clip choices um are very convincing though i I agree with your choice to to um soft soap the Riggins storyline because it's not good and that kid is fucking annoying but he's he's not he's this is the least we've seen of him since he's come on the on the scene as far as i can remember and that kid is equally annoying in his um he's in a notorious svu with luke perry and uh what's her nuts from modern family (laughs) really i don't remember that at all even more annoying in that yeah he sucks but post-sex riggins (laughs) is not bad so i understand like i I get your point of what why you still included this one as opposed to an episode that's before or after their relationship. Um, and I agree about Lila as well. This is, this was the best that she ever was this whole season. And you know, the, True. the gun scene was a weird choice for Waverly <laughs> under the circumstances, but, um, but they were both pretty cool in that scene. That was fun to watch. Um, but I, yeah, I, I, 
I feel a little bit like Sarah that it's like it's so hard for the show because it's every episode is so good um, that trying to find one that's sort of like head and shoulders above the rest is really difficult. And this one was I'd never really buy as Sarah said, not so much like let's let's just play like we're kids from any character, but like especially from him because that's not how that's his whole life is not just like it's tr- treating the game as if it's they're just fucking around like it's the most serious thing in his life. So even when he's trying to convince Tammy like let's just do this, like I don't necessarily buy that as a storyline um, because it's the state semifinals. Like he would want to play it on a real field, even if. There, they would lose the advantage. I don't know. I don't know enough about football to know that either, and that's also why the long stretches of well, you know football. what level is, and that yeah, pasture is not level, and then right. like a football team leveling it. I mean, not that I really had a problem with that, but yeah, you know. but they, but there, there was fun stuff around that too. Seeing the the t- when he takes the team to the hardware store and sends them to <laughs> get all the stuff they need, and they're just like running around like wild animals, like knocking <laughs> shit over, really highlights like what they're dealing with all the time <laughs> even though all you see is like the nice well-mannered Matt Saracen being the perfect boy like the rest of them are kind of like you know wild hyenas <laughs> being, <laughs> being dicks all the time knocking um, rakes over and racking yeah, yeah that was, exactly that was so I thought that was that was handled nicely but um yeah, I'm. I'm still. I don't know. I'm. Not, I was. I was hoping that Sarah's answer to it would help help me uh, tip on one side or the other. So now it's all up to Dave. Go ahead, Dave. We're oh, counting on you, Dave. Uh, uh, first of all, Kim, can I ask you to uh, unplug your wait. mic and plug it back in and start recording yes. again? Because you're starting to Cylon up by. Because yep. it's the hour. The hours happen now. Skype's fucking up. All right. So while Kim's doing that. Uh, I want to say two things that I liked about this episode that nobody else has mentioned. I love it when the coaches call each other coach. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there is something about that that is uh, endearing. Also, like, it's um, uh, there's respect there, but it's also, like, still very sportsy rivalry. Like, it's so much said and just the coach calling another coach coach. You know, as if he's another player, you know, like, like, like he's a general or a lieutenant in the army. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed that. And the other thing I want to talk about is the manipulative uh, soundtrack by uh, Snuffy Walden. Mm -hmm. Um, And every episode, you know, there's moments, two or three moments while you start hearing the, you know, ding, 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 to let you know when you're starting, you should start to feel things. Uh, (laughs) Great, great soundtrack. He's a really um, excellent uh, um, scorer of of television shows. He's done a lot of work. And this is probably his most recognizable, I think. Um, you know, if you're just to have to pick these songs out of a lineup as style, um, this is, I think the one that most people would recognize. Um, this episode, I feel like is pretty indicative of the series as, as, as much as I've watched it. I've probably seen like a, a good third or a quarter of these and, um, you know, the arc, the come from behind arc of the football game, the challenges in a small town that just wants everything to be about football victories and, you know, trying to maintain your, you know, uh, self in all that. Um, there's a lot of that in there, but I do totally agree with Sarah that a lot of the dialogue, seems overwritten or, or writerly or something, um, that they should identify scenes where that is not appropriate and sort of, um, make it a little more realistic, not necessarily dumb down the message, but, you know, um, make it less, um, you know, like a play or something like that and, 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 and more, 
uh, you know, high school kids talking. Um, love the cow scene. Uh, I thought that was great. And I thought that was pretty indicative of the, of, of the music as well. Uh, you know, like here's the That's music. Definitely how cows talk. Here's, here way. comes the Excellent speech. Excellent dialogue for the cows. Yeah. Yeah. Interrupting moves. Um, and the, uh, the bit where the cow comes over to, uh, hit her butt with her, with, with its note was, uh, was pretty amazing. Um, and I just kind of felt like this had a lot of moments that, uh, reminded me of the best of what this show is. The, you know, Kim said the point in the uh, mediation room yeah. uh, was fantastic. The uh, relationship in the, uh, as as we heard in the cow pasture, you know, that was great. And uh, really my chief thing is, is I agree with Sarah that some of the dialogue was, was a little too uh, pat. Uh, so here we go. Guys, we'll start with Sarah. What do you think? Have you made up your mind? Um. First of all, I'd like to observe on a side note that I believe we have lost Kim. I was just about to say that too. Kim? I think we lost there? her a while ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think we lost her during your monologue. Oh, Dave. okay. I'll, I'll try yeah. to raise <laughs> She'll just come back in. It's like, yes, no. It'll be very exciting. <laughs> Hello? Hey. Hi. Hey. Sorry. I Sorry, thought- Kim. Dave was talking and talking, and there was no way for me to stop him, to tell him that we lost you. I thought you were going to call back. Sorry. My bad. All right, Sarah. Sarah's about to take it, take it over. Dave voted yes. Oh, uh, Dave. Thank you. I, again, enjoyed the episode, but I think there are uh, better, more indicative episodes that I look forward to uh, perhaps you submitting in the future. So my vote is a uh, fond and regretful no. All right. One up, one down. That means it falls on Tara's shoulders. Yeah, this is this is so tough because I love the show so much, but I'm also going to vote no, even though when when we played the inspirational speech, it did give me shivers. <laughs> that wasn't enough to it to erase the other stuff in the episode that I thought was not so strong. So I'm so sorry to Kim and to the Panthers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Friday Night Lights, season one. Episode 20, Mud Bowl. I'm sorry to tell you. By a vote of two to one, you are not inducted. Into the extra hockey cannon. Americans love a winner. Yeah. And will not tolerate a loser. No. It's time for winner and loser of the week. Sarah has our winner. Uh, I think it's Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah. Pretty sure. Um, I am Kate debuted last night. I don't know how it was rated, but my Twitter feed was uh, jumping with it. Yep. Uh, I definitely wish that I were watching that and not True Detective or as I wrote on previously.tv today, a combination of that. (laughs) Yep. And True Detective. But um, I've watched about half the episode so far. I cried twice. Uh, She looks beautiful. Good job, E. Um, It's much less E E (laughs) than I thought it was. Then I, I thought it say, would be... have, has the phrase "good job" e been spoken before? <laughs> not, not by this uh, American. So yeah, um, I def- I don't know how it's going to continue, but her conversation with her mom was very touching, and again, her hair extension game is on point. So 
Mm-hmm. And loser of the week? Uh, loser of the week is John Stewart. Um, Wyatt Snack was on I, uh, WTF last week and told a story about a time when he clashed with John Stewart. And of course, Mark Maron led him right to it because Mark Maron loves stories that are mean about people that won't do his show. And this was one of them <laughs> because there was an incident where John Stewart had done uh, a Herman Cain impression during the last election campaign, not heeding uh, Angie Jordan's advice to not do impressions of other races. So they were going to do it again because. Because there was uh, all this Fox News blowback on him and Wyatt Snack, the only black writer at the time, raised the point that let's maybe not. And according to him, Jon Stewart told him to fuck off and it was not great. And uh, even though there was, there's more nuance to the story than the way it's being, uh, including the way I'm recapping it, but then the way, the way it's been reported in the press, this is not the kind of coverage that Jon Stewart probably wants in the last two weeks of his time at The Daily Show. So whether that was Wyatt Snack's intention or not, it's not, not great for Jay Stu. <laughs> uh, that brings up an interesting question about John Stewart, which is: Do you oh. think he knows what time it is? <laughs> oh. mm, probably not. It's game time. Oh, yay! Okay, this is the fourth game time of the season. <laughs> Sorry. What were you doing over there? Do some hammering? No, I moved. I just set my computer down on the desk. Everyone has one point this season so far. We're all tied. Today, we are playing another game from frequent game time contributor team, Alyssa and Lauren. Ooh. Yes. For their troubles, they each get half an extra credit, redeemable (laughs) for half an extra hot crate mini topic of their choosing. Yep. They each get half. I only want half ideas from both of them. It's been a long time, but it's time to play. Oh, man! (laughs) All right, everybody. In Blank Stuffed Hot Potato, you will be challenged to recall TV titles, including miniseries, but not TV movies, that conform to a fill-in-the-blank format. Oh, man. For example, Last Blank. The blank can contain multiple words, but words cannot be added to the other side of uh, last, in this case. Okay. Even prepositions. Okay. Example for last blank. Last comic standing? Last week tonight would be valid. Okay. But the last man on earth would not. Okay. All right? All right. We have 10 rounds in play. The person standing at the end of each round gets the point. Okay. All right? Any questions on that? No. All right. Nope. Let's see who's going to go first. We will start with valued guests. All right. So Kim's going to go first and then Sarah, then Tara. So remember your order and uh, just say the next thing that comes into your head when it's your turn. Yes? Yeah. Are we yes. ready to yes. play Blank yeah. Stuffed Hot Potato? Let's see. All right. We're going to start with Kim. Our first category for... Shows that conform to true blank. I have 45 listed here. What? 45. <laughs> Shit. All right. So, Kim, go. True Detective. True Blood. Uh, I don't, I'm blanking. I don't, can't think of any. Mm, How can there be 45? Out. I'm out. Back uh, to Kim. True Life. True Life. life. Yep. Uh, true 
True, true stories. Oh, I think I might be out. Let me think for a second. True stuff. <laughs> Checking for true stuff. Oh, oh, first point goes to Sarah. Wow, so many, oh my God. so many marginal shows that start with true. Give us some. Starting with True Adventures of Christopher Columbus. <laughs> True beauty, uh-huh. true believers, yeah. True blue, sure. True colors, yeah. Confessions, confessions hotline, crime, crime authors, crime Canada, crime scene, blah blah blah. True dare kiss, true Ew. grime, crime scene cleanup. Uh-huh. True heroes, true horror, true ink. They're... True Jackson VP. Oh, okay, sure. True, true justice. Yeah. Wow, a lot. True movement. Uh, goes on and on and on. Oh my god. Was True Calling on there? Oh yeah, True, true calling. calling. Yep, True Calling is it. Yeah. So it's only thinking of it now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So... All right. So who starts next? Do we start? Do we alternate who starts as well, or always start in the same order? Uh, yeah, we could do that. Okay. All right. Start with Sarah. All right, so we're going to start this round with Sarah. Yep. Shows that conform to Mr. Blank. Oh. Mr. Blank. There are 90. Jeez. 90. Mr. Blank. Sarah. Mr. Belvedere. Uh, Mr. Robot. Uh... Oh my god, I just had one and it just went out of my head. Hold on one second. Mr. Because my first two you guys just took, so this was my number three. Good stalling tactics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Lots left. About 88 by my count. And True Robot wasn't even on this list because I think it was made before it, uh, before it aired. Um, but we're going to need an answer. Mr. Smith. Mr. Smith. Oh. Yep. Ask the show. Was that? Well, did you pull that out of your ass? Yes. Okay. Did you know it was a show? No. Were you, were you just hoping? All right. Yes. Well done. Uh, Mr. Selfridge. Ah. <laughs> uh, Mr. Sunshine. Okay. Oh, now it's back to me again. Um, Mr. Jones. Mr. Jones. By the County Crow. I was thinking it. Kim's out. It's worth a shot. Yeah. Uh, Lots left. Some that you'll kick yourself after. uh, I know. Yeah. I don't know if this counts as as its own show. Okay. So I am not going to say Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, but instead, I'm going to guess once upon a time there was a show called Mr. Wrong. Mr. Wrong. There was a movie called Mr. Wrong, I think. Yeah. Yes, I know. With bullpen. All right. Shit. Tara, if you can answer this, you get the point. Um, Well, I'm going to say Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood because that was a show. Yep, okay. it was. I don't know why you wouldn't say it. Is Mr. Would Mr. and Mrs. Smith count? Or is it just Mr. Yep. Blank? Oh, okay. Was there a show of Mr. Mom? As I said at the okay. beginning, I was explaining the rules. The blank yeah, yeah. could be one or more words. Okay. Yeah. All right, Mr. Yeah, Ed. I don't know why I didn't think that was a show. Okay. Mr. Ed. Yeah. I'm um, just going to go through some of the more popular ones. Mr. Magoo. Oh, yeah. Wow. Mm, Mr. T, the cartoon, with, <laughs> where he <laughs> had, he was the uh, the, the gymnast, crime-fighting gymnast uh, 
Wrangler. <laughs> Can you confirm or deny that there was a Mr. Mom TV adaptation? Uh, let's see. Mr. Bean. Oh, Mr. Bean, sure. Um, Mr. Selfridge, we said. Yeah. Mr. and Mrs. Dracula was a <laughs> TV show. Uh, <laughs> that was her. Blah, <laughs> blah, Mr. Broadway, I remember from a few years ago. Uh-huh. Um, do, 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 Mr. Dress Up, Canada. Oh, Canada. Uh, Mr. Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And get this, Mr. Jones and his neighbors. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Men. Mr. Nice Guy. Mr. President. What were you asking, Tara? Mom. No, no, Mr. Mom. Okay. No TV show. Mr. Wizard. Mm, yeah. No, no. Of course. Hot potato, hot potato, potato, hot potato, potato, hot potato, potato. House blank. House blank. Starting with Tara. House blank. I have twenty-seven listed. Um, hunters. Uh, House of Cards. House MD. Uh, House of DVF? House of... DVF? Uh, Those gonna, letters? Yeah, sure. Is that what it's called? I, I don't, don't know. I don't even know what it's called. It's not on this list, but I remember. So I, I'm going to take your word for it. Okay. That one. Yeah. Uh, House Hunters International? <laughs> Ooh. House. House. And here's the thing, House guys. beautiful. <clears throat> don't forget, sometimes shows have... Uh, multiple uh, existences. Okay. That's all I'm going to say about that. All right. I'll explain after. Okay. Um, so Sarah's up. Yeah. Uh, house rules. Seems like it should be the name of the show. <laughs> okay. All right, Kim. Yeah, blind guess, yeah. not successful. For the point. House rules was actually my next guess. <laughs> um, House. Is this how we should do it? Last person has to has to get it to get the point. Otherwise, no point. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. That's how we've been doing it. Well, yeah. what are you going to do if I don't get it? Last person to give a correct nope. answer gets Then no okay. point for the round. Ooh. Oh. Um, I feel like it's a uh, cop I just out. thought of another House, one. House of Cards again. <laughs> Is there another show called House Correct. Of Cards? That's what I was getting what? at. What? House of Cards UK. Oh, House of Cards Netflix. Of I just thought of House of, House of Style, the MTV House, show. Yeah, uh, House Calls, House Crashers. House Calls. House Hunters Renovation. Oh, I knew House there were House Husbands. More of those. Yeah. House of Buggin'. <laughs> House of Cosby's. Look out. Uh, House of Food. House Heard of Food now. Obsessives. Mm. House of Fools. Horrors. Joy, Lies, Mouse, Pain, Saddam. House of Lies. House Party. House Poor. All right, this is going to mess with you. Blank house. (laughs) Not house blank. (laughs) Blank house. Many more of these. I got 65 listed. Okay, but now remember, it could be one word house, two words house. Okay. Et cetera, et cetera. Got it. All right, and uh, this is starting with whoever started the first time. Kim. Kim. Take it away. Full house. Full house? Sarah. Bleak house. Flip this house. Back to Not Kim. Sure. This is going to count. 
uh, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. It's not on the list, but is that an actual thing? Yeah, it's a show. It's a show. It is definitely a show. One word. Yeah. Mickey Mouse Clubhouse conforms to the format, so we'll give you that point. Mm. This is why we don't get hot potatoes hard to do all the research for. This is a pretty pretty good list, but once in a while things slip through. Uh, Man about the house. Man about the house. Man, uh, woman of the house. A few. Wait, what did you say? I said woman of the house. Was if I'm remembering it right, it was Delta Burke was like a congresswoman or something. Okay. I don't know if that's what it's called. No. So if it's not on the list, it's called women of the house according to this list. Oh. But if it's about one person, I'll give it to you. Okay. Look at me, I'm so generous. (laughs) Uh, Pioneer House. Oh, Rich Vane, Kim. Nice one. Yeah, I can't uh, remember the other ones. To Sarah, blank house or blank blank house or blank 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 house ends with house. Uh, 1800s house? 1800s house. Was that a thing? I know it was 1900s house. No, no. The, there were ones that were set in the 1800s. It's not, on the list. Were... not on the list. Okay, well, 1900 House is actually what I was going to say next. Uh, I don't know if this counts or not, because it hasn't premiered, but Fuller House. Give that to you. Um, Pioneer House? Already said. Oh, Frontier House? Was that one said? Okay. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, I'm stuck. Let's see. What's a saying with house in it that somebody would come up with? (laughs) Uh... There's a couple here that empty are empty house, not empty nest, but empty house, and uh, not on the list. Um, so Tara has to get one to clinch the point. I know I said flip this house, but I'm also going to say flip that house because I think there's one that's called that too. Uh, not on the list. Shit. You want to look it up in your spare time? Go no. ahead. But that means no points on that one. Number five, blank love, blank love, starting with Sarah. Uh, big love, strange love. Wait, strange love. Strange love was with um, wasn't it that wasn't that what the Bridget Nielsen um Flavor Flav show was called? Flav. Okay, was it? Can anybody confirm that? Strange love. I think so. I'm not 100%, but I think so. It might have been called something like, yeah, I think love would have been the last word. All right. Well, uh, Tara's going to look it up as we move along. Okay. Um, True love. I have 23 listed. Strange love is a show. It was on TLC, though. Very good. Um, Flavor of love. Burning love. Rock of Love? Rock of Love. That was the Brett Michaels one. Wasn't that the Brett Michaels Flavor of Love? Yeah. Was it? All right. Great. Yep. Mm. Good. Uh, uh, And now I'm all out of love. 
Oh no. <laughs> so lost without you. Let's try tough love. <laughs> um modern love? She said with no confidence. Okay. Wow, I can't believe that was never a show. Um uh, I'm gonna do my bluff by combining questions and say house of love <laughs> with a question mark. Uh, All right, Sarah, here's your chance to get the point. Uh um uh, my mind is empty to follow loving expressions. Um <laughs> Just looking for if there's any really big shows still on the list that are here. And I'm going to say, not really. Hmm. Not really. Um, Tara's modern love guess was uh, very clever. So let's um, see if Mr. and Mrs. Love works. (laughs) (laughs) No, we got 15 love. We've got anything but love. We have Tori and Dean in love. (laughs) We have tainted love. Yeah. Uh, mother love, bad love, girls in love. Get Christy love, explanation point, explanation point, exclamation point, and possibly there, explanation point, because I don't know what that is. Was there one called Who Do You Love? No. There's you Endless Love. I just remember, too, which Steve recapped for us. Chains uh, of Love. Chains, Chains of Love. Yep. Hot potato, hot potato, hot potato, potato, hot potato, 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 potato. All right, it's a good time to get a score break, actually. That was halfway. We are all tied up with one each. One each, all right. Number six, family blank. Family blank. Uh, I think this is Tara first. Ties. (sighs) Um, Really an advantage going first in this game. Uh, Family feud. Family matters. Family affair. Family. There's a show called Just Family. Yeah, but that's not doesn't conform. Oh, to it has me. to have a blank. All right. Um, Shit, I was going to use that one. <laughs> um, Still some family, big ones. Still uh, some big ones on the board. Yeah. Family. Thinking matters. Family of love. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Worth a shot. Sarah. Uh, hmm, family, uh, family, family of man. Was there a show called Family Law? Oh, phew. There right. was. Family, okay, somebody said Family Affair. Yes, There's me. also Family Affairs. Oh. Uh, let's see, Family Business, Family Dog, Family Double Dare. Ew. Uh, family Guy. Uh, oh, family guy. Fuck. People were yelling at their <laughs> iPods yeah. for that one. For sure. Uh, family I tree. feel fine about none of us getting that. <laughs> family tree. Yeah. We watched that for yes. a second. For a second. Mad blank. Mad blank. This is Kim. Mad about you. Damn it. <laughs> Seriously. Mad blank, mad, mad blank blank. Mad blank blank blank. Madman of the people? Madman of the people. What Might not it? count because it was all, Madman was all one word, but it was with um, Dabney Coleman. Yeah, I like remember a, that show. A, it was a, one of the lesser 
must-see TV Thursday shows. Mad Man of the People. Uh, Mad Men? Yeah. Oh, the temptation to say mad, bad, and dangerous to know. (laughs) (laughs) On that, really strong, especially in this group. If you'd Um, like a mad, bad, and dangerous to know t-shirt, you have until Wednesday to order one. (laughs) Wednesday. Uh, Look at me with a seamless product placement. Um, Let's hope there was a game show based on Mad Libs. There should be, though. Um... Mad Max. <laughs> Dave just shaking his head. <laughs> I don't know what they do in Australia. No, I was just, I'll tell you after. Okay. All right, Kim, here's your chance. Uh, all right. This is a book title that maybe someone stole. Yeah. Mad About the Boy. Oh. No. Mad About Alice, About Machines, About Pets. Uh, let's see. What do we got here that might be... Okay, so... Somebody said Mad Libs, but Sarah there's did. Mad Labs. Oh. oh. Mad Mad House. Mad Mad World. Mad Max Motion Comic. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, here's the one that I think that maybe with enough time and, uh, you know, somebody could have got. Mad Money with oh, Jim Kramer. of course. Oh, yeah. yeah. He lives in my hometown. So uh, no points for round number seven. Round number eight, Star Blank. Star Blank, starting with Sarah. Star Blank. Star Search. Star Trek. And the vein is opened. Star Struck. Why go for such a weird guess when somebody just said Star Trek? Because I had it in my head. I wanted to get it out before I forgot it. Because it was so good. Yep. <laughs> uh, me? Iron, ironclad strategy. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Yeah. What you want to do is get rid of the obvious ones first. So, yeah. else can get so it. yes, it is your turn, Sarah. Yeah. Star Trek The Next Generation. Star Trek DS9. Star Trek Babylon 5. <laughs> uh, was that a joke answer? <laughs> Nope. Star Trek Voyager. All right. Point for Tara. Uh, Babylon 5 and Star Trek are two very different shoes. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Star Blazers. <laughs> what? They sound Comet, attractive. Comet Empire. Star Blazers. Okay. Um, Were there Star Wars shows? Like, would Star Wars droids have been one? Yeah. Star, uh, oh. No. Oh, that okay. wasn't Clone named Wars, that. Clone Wars, though, right? Star Wars Clone Wars. Right. Star Wars Rebels. Oh, yeah. Uh, Star Wars. Star Trek uh, Voyager, you said? I did. Uh, one, oh, Enterprise, I think we're missing, because sometimes oh, okay. it was called Star Trek Enterprise. Sure. So I was going to accept that one. Star Seed. Uh, Star Dude. Stories, yeah. Star mm. Maiden, Star Driver, Star Cops. Star Cops. Yeah. Love it. And Star Academy. Top blank. Top blank. And this is uh, Tara, I think, right? Yep. Top um, blank. Top Chef. Ugh. You always take my... I have nothing. Well, that's the most uh, obvious see. one. I got to take it out of contention. Also, think I of know. Star Trek. Good strategy, as Dave has now explained to me. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Top. 
See, I'm thinking Top Model, but that's not the name of the show. Top I gotta stop top model because you said it and it's a show. Oh, it is? <laughs> yep. But it was America's next top model. Well, there okay. is another show called Top Model. Hmm. It's probably oh, right. it's probably like a in you Estonia know, or something. Yeah, yeah. Look, take a pity point. That's yep. fine. <laughs> All right, right, Sarah. Top gear. Nice. Top chef masters. There we go. Somebody's top using Top Chef her. just deserves Oh sorry. Ooh. <laughs> oh take it. Free one for kids. Top Chef just desserts. Womp <laughs> womp. Sadly, I recapped two of those shows and still didn't jump. <laughs> All right, now it's your turn, sir. Top of the pops. Yep. Um, top design. Um, I'm out of reality competition show ideas, so I'm gonna say top of the world. Mm. It's got a great theme song built in. <laughs> All right, Sarah. Uh, um, I am also out of reality show ideas, mm-hmm. but um, perhaps there is a Fritzoy Potato Lad competition that I don't know about, so let's go with Top of the Morning. <laughs> that does seem like it should be a morning show. Um, top Shot? Is that the one with... Uh, oh, yep. nice. With Kobe? Colby? Colby? Colby, yeah. Colby. Nice. All right, here's some Colby. ones that you missed. Top Cat? Top Cat. Okay. Oh. Oh. Top Boy Buzzer Card Cat. Top, top Chef Canada. Oh, right. <laughs> top Cops. I'm learning that you should just add cops to everything. Yep. Okay. Uh, let's see. I don't know. Top Gear USA in Australia. Top Guns. Okay. Top Hooker. Of course. Okay. It's probably a fishing, fishing show. show. Calm yep. down. Here's a show I know some of you watch. Top of the Lake. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Top Damn. Secret. Top Secret Recipe. Top Secret Weapons Revealed. Oh. Uh, and top Shop All-Stars. Yeah. Top 10. Top 10s. Top Sniper 2. The exciting sequel to Top Sniper, <laughs> I assume, which is not listed here. <laughs> Just not Top Sniper 2. How'd that happen? What's hmm. going on here? Weird. Huh. Interesting. What's the scores, by the way? Um, Kim and Sarah are tied with one each. I have four. You have four? Yeah. Okay. So, here we go. <laughs> All blank. All blank. And I'm going to give you this bonus. There is no all cops. No all cops. <laughs> I know I just planted Thank the you. seed in your mind, but there's no all cops. So we're starting with uh, somebody. Who? Kim. Kim, right? Kim. All right, Kim. Yeah. All... all in the family. Of course. All my children. Oh, good one. Um. All in. I'm going to guess there was a show called that at some point. Shit. Good. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> I actually had that scribbled down as my next guess. All in. Um, all. <laughs> there's one here. I know, really... I know there's another all my something. All my. Cats. <laughs> I would watch that show. There's one listed um... here that uh, kind of curious what it actually is. Was All My Sons a show? You're thinking of My Three Sons. My Three Sons. Uh, that's no, I, the, the Arthur I mean, Miller. I know my Three Sons. Arthur All Miller my playing sons? All My Sons? Uh, there's, in fact, only one All My listed here, and it oh. is children. Um, okay. All for one. All. For one. For. One. Lamb, looking it up. Okay. 
Another blind guess. Okay, no point. All for Love was the closest match. Oh, okay. Mm, quite a few here, I think, maybe. Uh, of course, everybody's favorite show, All Dogs Go to Heaven, the series. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. All You Need is Love, All You Can Eat, mm. Mm, All That. Oh, yeah. Yep. That was a show. Uh, all Souls, All Saints, mm, All of Us, All is Forgiven. All of Us. All in the game. All girls garage. <laughs> uh, and the one I'm, uh, it's a show, and I gotta believe it. Maybe it was just a special or something. But apparently, according to this list, all American Doctor Who. <laughs> oh, that sounds wow. terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Colon the musical. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So Tara has it, but let's play our tiebreaker round for shits and giggles. Blank night. Blank night. So, Sarah, you start us off with blank night. Um, and I, I just want to let you know. Like the time of day, not night like Ryder. Um, yeah, it's night as in the time. And yes. uh, because it's night and it's the midnight hour, 12 day points Ooh. to the winner. If wow. we have one. Edge of night. Edge of night. Edge of night. Is that a thing? Can anybody confirm? I think so. It's a soap, right? Very good. Vampire suit. Blah. Blah. Um, Ladies night. (laughs) She says. (laughs) And the feeling. Okay. I thought it might be a British thing. You never know. All right, Kim. Uh, Fright night. Yes, there was a TV show Fright night. Late night. Oh, good. Good job. Well, here's the thing with that. That's what we call it on it's our boards. With someone. But it's late night with blah, blah, blah. With blah so blah, blah. you can give another I, yeah, answer. I thought that might be yeah, true. Yeah. Well, she could. She can give another answer because I'm not accepting that one. All right, all right. Um, Blank night. Blank, 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 blank night. Blank, blank night. Blank, 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 blank night. <laughs> what if there was blank night? <laughs> was one of the things. There was this actually show in this list. It was actually nothing. blank. Um. Long day's journey in tonight. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Kim, for 12 day points. Kim's right. got one in the heat of the night. Nice. Very yeah, good. All Very right. Good. So, value guess. They're racking up, up 12. 15 points for the value guess. Let's see. What do we got here? Uh, not a lot of really. Family game night, which I think was a GSN thing. Uh, no. No? Oh, no. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. Yep. I was thinking of the celebrity that. one. Uh, a little thing called Hollywood, oh, yeah, Hollywood Game, game Night. night. <laughs> yeah. Duh. Um, <laughs> sports Night. Yeah. Uh, super Fun Night. Yeah. Tender is the Night. Oh. Ew. The Edge of Night. That's what Sarah said. Oh, because of the... Well, yeah, yeah whatever. Barnaby. Mm. All right, well, Edge wait. With an e. mm. You gave it to her. It doesn't matter. We both oh. confirmed that it was real. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It was just listed under T. That's why. right. Um, thick of the night. With the... Oh, thick. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was a talk show, right? Yep. Yeah. And up all night. Up oh, all yeah. night. Sure. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, man, hot potatoes, fucking hard. Tara. Tara. Good job. 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 Good job.
job, Tara. Thanks. Good well job, done. Tara. Congratulations. Thanks. That is it for another episode of Extra Hot Great. Well, this is the longest show in a while. We talked about the latest episode of Being Mary Jane, where Mary Jane makes friends with former hip-hop artist in Louisville, Kentucky, with the help of her two super white office. God damn it, that's catfish. <laughs> we went around the dial with stops at America's Best Dance Crew, Little House on the Prairie, Humans. Heard of them. Thank you. And <laughs> the war against teeth. Remember a whole bunch of other stuff, which I forgot to write down. Yep. <laughs> We're listening. Ah. I am David T. Cole, reminding you of some other things like we are all Domer, we bought into a zoo, <laughs> I am not a crackpot, an unsuccessful canon submission for Friday Night Lights Mud Bowl, winners of the losers of the week, etc. I am David T. Cole. I do not prep properly. <laughs> and on behalf of Tara Ariana. Yeah. Sarah D. Bunting. Hi. <laughs> I'm Reed. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Right here. <laughs> Wet your whistle. Wet your whistle with the wet, wonderful colors of Lip Quencher. There's no lipstick quite like Lip Quencher. Created by chapstick, drenched with moisturizers, so your lips feel as good as they look. Wet your whistle. God. Gross. No. is whirring in his grave. (laughs) I'll just have chapped lips. Thank you very much. (laughs) No, that was a felony in 15 states. (laughs) Uh, You know, when you listen, you guys don't have this experience because you're always playing game time. But when you're listening to game time and not a contestant, uh, you always are thinking, oh, my God, I could do so much better than that. But this is, you know, Um, maybe that's just me. But um, I was going to tell people, whatever your score is, playing the home game subtract 20 percent because you're always so nervous and your mind just goes blank and you always do terrible it's even even more so for hot potato because it's so tense and it's like there's you know there's a million answers and like last week's game time sorry go ahead last week's game time where omar omar play omar omar played i was i like got every single one right and i was like oh my god i'm gonna do so good next week when i'm on game time and then i shit the bed is that (laughs) Um, and also, I was going to say the my biggest fear with game time is not shitting the bed because that's going to happen, but um, being revealed to not have watched a show that everybody else oh. in the world has watched, and then you just feel like a nerd. Like everyone else is like, you know, it's this one, and you can't come up with it. And you're like, oh, I never watched it, and then yeah. you're all embarrassed. Well, that so. wasn't an issue in this one, I don't think. No, no, it wasn't. this one was just hard. But I haven't watched Humans. So that's what made me think of it when you guys were talking. Oh, okay. About it. You should. It's really good.